and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for Maybe. whatever. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, Amy often recommends and I'm often... I have a generous heart. A much harder audience to please over here. Of whatever we read that week. Well done. And Amy, as you are in charge of remembering titles and authors, what did we read this week? We read... A Study, study in, in Scarlet, Scarlet Women by Sherry Thomas. Bum, 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 bum. No, the reason I was pausing because I was going to say Lady Sherlock and then I was like, hang on, no, it's the first novel. So this is, we read the first novel in the Lady Sherlock Holmes series. There are about six out so far, I think. I don't know. I never looked that up. By Sherry Thomas. We've reviewed a Sherry Thomas romance before, but this is the series she's most well known What was well the one that for. we reviewed? What did she Luckiest do? Luckiest Lady in London. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I was Very different. This, if you listen to our Luckiest Lady in London review, don't let that deter you from listening to the rest of this Lady Sherlock review. Because this is a mystery, Kimberly is going to do the spoiler-free recap. Huzzah! I will just hand to you very quickly, Amy. Everyone breathes a sigh of relief. When Everyone breathes a sigh of relief. <laughs> yep. No, I'm certain that there are people who are like, God damn it, I really love it when Amy does the, the long, phrase. winding, overly detailed... <laughs> Spoiler-free. I love it. Then I feel like I don't have to read the book at all. <laughs> Time-saving. Uh, okay, true. you're going to throw to me for. Lisa. I am. I'm going to throw to you for when it is set. I want to say it's Victorian. London. Yes, I thought Victorian. 1880s, 1870s, 1880s. Great. That was actually what I thought. But... So they've got um, gaslight. Yeah. They've got central to the plot. Trains. So central that as well. They've got a bit more technology. In terms of, you know, there's a lot more factories. It's not that sort of Regency rural space. It's a modernising Victorian. That's only semi-relevant, but I appreciated it. And I let you go. I let you go. And And what's what's this book about, Kimberly? Right. So this book is about, basically, it's set in an alternate, and by alternate, I mean, obviously, Sherlock Holmes never existed. (laughs) So, But the rest of it is... It's not fantasy. It's not sci-fi. It's no, 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 realism. no, no. It's realism. But this is essentially in the same way that the Sherlock Holmes novels were realism, but with a fictional person and fictional character yeah. set in a, a real period in time. This is the same period in time, but instead of Sherlock being a man, he is a woman. And but no one knows that. No. So the protagonist of the series is Charlotte Holmes, who is one of, I want to say, like, at least two children. But three, I, there's a Yeah, third there's the third, right. Who's... I wasn't, I got confuzzled. So Charlotte is one of three children, and she's a part of the aristocracy, but not kind of, you know, the daughter of a duke or anything mental like that. So she's Baronet. A, yeah, she's a part of the ton. And the important thing for Charlotte is that her pretty much when she was growing up, she was nonverbal for pretty much a very long time. So long past the point at which you would expect a child to begin speaking, she was still nonverbal. And her first words were kind of a whole sentence and it was really complicated and it was her solving this clever riddle that was in her village growing up or whatever. And so the main takeaway is that she, like Sherlock Holmes in the original series, is incredibly intelligent and a kind of a savant when it comes to observation solving and solving puzzles, right? But not quite so great at the whole relationship thing. Yes, 
But importantly, she, because she's female, had to learn a lot more social graces than the original Sherlock yeah. ever kind of did because he, he was be male. He could just be eccentric and rude. He could just be eccentric and rude and people would still accept him where or not and he didn't care. Whereas with Charlotte, it was kind of really important. And she made kind of her dad really doted on her and cared about her and loved kind of how clever she was but still felt that she should marry because that was the only direction for her. And so his argument was logically she hadn't really tried to be feminine and hadn't tried to play the social game. So he was like, you need to actually do that first. Play the social they game. They made a deal, remember? Yeah. Play the social game first for the next X number of years. They added some arbitrary amount of time. And if at the end of that point, I will fund your education to be a governess, to go and like work at a school and ultimately become like principal of a school and or the headmistress of a school and you can live your life happily doing that and never buy into the kind of marriage and social structure that is expected of you. And she was like, fine. So she went off she and did like, that. thank you, that's what I want. Yep. And so she's like, that seems like a fair deal. So she went off and did that and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the allocated amount of time is when we pick up with her at the start of the novel. And essentially her dad breaks his deal. So she said, I've done what you wanted. I've given it four years or however long it was. And I'm still, it's still a no. I still feel the same way I did many years ago. I would like you to fund my education. And he said, it's a no from me. Find a husband. So she chooses to ruin herself deliberately. But so her intention was to choose a guy, which she does within the ton, to go and have sex with. Outside of marriage, that guy was married, but she wasn't. And so she kind of had, here's the time and the place. Meet me here and I'll have sex with you. And he quite stupidly tells his wife about it and drunk or whatever. And as a result, his wife and his mother burst in on them, which was never Charlotte's intention. She didn't intend to ruin herself massively publicly and she didn't intend to ruin her sister's chances. Chances. She didn't intend to... But she wanted her dad to perceive her as not worth of marriage. She wanted to be able to go to her dad and say, I am no longer a virgin and if you try to marry me off, I will tell my prospective groom that I am no longer a virgin. So I am now unmarriable and hazardous. Yeah, like kind of checkmate. And but it all goes wrong in the first kind of chapter to two chapters of the novel. She gets caught. It's all horrible. So she then has to kind of work out what she's going to do. And kind of the other flip side of it is she has a good friend in a prominent male member of the aristocracy. Who, Lord Ingram. Who she met. Friends as kids. They were friends of. as kids while holidaying. That's kind of where the romantic element lies. But Lord Ingram is married, married. with children of his own, so it's not. There's limited romance. Super limited in terms of the romance that's but available there. what's relevant is that Lord Ingram is like an eminent archaeologist he really yeah. and he has is He's friends an academic. with a inspector of Scotland Yard. He is and the inspector of Scotland Treaters. Yard kind of really looks up to him and kind of really kind of hero values. worships and values him. And so often either the inspector or other people in Lord Ingram's kind of circle would say this thing had happened or this person had died and we didn't know how it had happened or whatever. And he would take 
it kind of started really innocently where he would speak to Charlotte because they were good friends. So he would speak to Charlotte about things that had happened and she, through the information, in a very Sherlock Holmesy kind of way, through the information he gave, would be able to say, this is how, this is who did it, this is how it happened. Mm. And Lord Ingram would then, as the go-between, go and solve the so mystery. So here's, here's a note from Sherlock Holmes. And Charlotte, in the early days of it just being kind of this – it wasn't a way to make money. It wasn't a persona she took on. It was a casual It was just a casual riddle thing. solving. Yeah, exactly. And she took on the persona of Sherlock because she felt like it was not it like Charles would be too close to Charlotte. So she felt like Sherlock sounds like Charlotte without Ish. being the same kind of it's not a derivative. It's not the male version of her name. After she is ruined. 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 Uh, she kind of has to work out what to do with herself next and she leaves. She leaves. She essentially runs away because her um mum is like, I washed my hands of you, you yeah. filthy child. And her dad, there was some kind of punishment coming for her. It was nothing horrendous, like no one's gonna beat her or chop her legs off or something, but she decides to go. So she packs up and runs off to live her own life. In a boarding house. In a boarding house. Through the course of the books, obviously it's the first in a series, she meets Watson. And the Watson version in this book is also female. And she is a widower. Uh, widow. A widow, sorry. A widow. And her husband was much, much younger than her and she loved him very, very deeply, but he died at war. And so she has been widowed and kind of still is forever and perpetually heartbroken by the loss of him. And she is independent in her financial – she is financially independent, but she was an actress. So she is not – while she is wealthy and runs her own household and all, has all of that kind of freedom – She's not in she the ton. She is not in the ton because she is a widow. No, because widow, she's an yeah. actress. Well, sorry, because she is an actress. You're right. So basically there's a mystery in this one which you don't need me to explain to you because there's going to be a mystery that she solves. Sherlock Holmes. Hmm. But ultimately the people – so I guess the only bit you need to know is the mother who burst in on Charlotte and the son, her son, um, having sex. Yeah. (laughs) Ruined. Ruined. She then very vocally was like, I will go to every drawing room in England. And she then dies. She was like a robust, hearty woman who dies in her sleep pretty much the next day. And so people start actually looking at the Holmes family as potential culprits for what looks like a bit of a dodgy murder. So that's the that's why Charlotte starts investigating and get involves herself quite deliberately in that investigation. She also in order to kind of finance herself a little bit starts putting she writes a letter about something unrelated that she reads in the paper. She writes a letter as Sherlock Holmes that gets read at an inquest and kind of has an impact on the outcome of that kind of initial inquest into another death. She through that letter and also then ultimately through the help of Watson, she starts to actually starts to actually advertise her services as Sherlock Holmes and pretty much interviews people. And the, the way they get around it is by saying that her brother, Sherlock, is very ill and bedridden and that he can't possibly come out and see you personally. But, but Charlotte will convey. But I will convey and then he will. Do you need proof that he's there? I can give you proof right around. And she, apart from that kind of farce, it operates the same as you would accept, expect a Sherlock novel to operate in that from very little information she is able to extrapolate. 
lots of details about people. And that's it. That solves mystery and there is very little, if any, romance. So I would not sell it as a romance. It is primarily a mystery. The end. This book. Yeah, this book. Who knows moving forward. Amy, what did you think of A Study in Scarlet Women? I thought it was a bit slow to kick off, Mm. but once Watson enters the narrative, Mm. I started to really quite enjoy it. I thought that this murder mystery, there's three murders that happen in this. I thought the solving was, you know, the same problem that you'd have with a Sherlock Holmes novel is you go, how did you draw that conclusion from this piece of information? But it was like, well, it is meant to be Sherlock Holmes. He's a savant. Yeah. Just go with it. Yeah. It does feel a little Deus Ex Machina in that at the oh, end well. you can just or use the Conan deflector Doyle shield was. and then yeah. that solves everything. But Why that's isn't just it the vibe of, yeah. of these types of you know Victorian mis- pardon me mysteries are all like that. The mystery itself was quite not gory, but like thematically more intense than you intense. expected. It was it to a be. lot more intense than Way I thought more it would be. Intense than I thought um, it would be. I thought and I was I... going in for a little sort of gothic frivolity, like yeah. Victorian frivolity with a bit of mystery, but it was actually a lot more serious than that. Like when Charlotte goes, "I'm going to be an independent woman," and there's like, "Crap, it's actually a lot harder than I thought mm-hmm. it would be." It got quite like it was pretty. It was hardcore, real for the sort of heroine that I thought she would be, she was quite confident. So she did actually grow as a person through this life experience where she had, and I appreciated that and I enjoyed that. I liked the supporting characters. I liked the inspector. Her sister is a prominent, her her immediate immediate younger sister is Mm. quite a prominent. Older maybe? Sistery person. Sistery person. And she might be older actually. I, she, yeah, I didn't mention her in the spoiler free, but she's quite prominent as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of what Charlotte does is motivated by her love for Livia. That's right. And she, what she wants is to be independent so that she can give that gift to her sister yeah. and support both of them. And she's like, I'm more likely, like, no one likes me anyway, so I'm. it's easier for me to do this, Livia, than yes. it is for you. Yes. I liked that, yeah, the inspector, He, mm. the moments we got to spend with him mm. were really nice. So he's someone who's married wife. up. His yeah. wife is married down and his motivation yeah. is to just Not show make that her regret it. <laughs> show her family that he's actually a capable human of, and like, he's doing worthy things. and she didn't make a mistake and oh. so there and and she's quite a, a fun character as well so mm. as a novel that you read as a female reader it's quite a nice i thought reimagining in a way that gives the women in the story a lot of oomph hmm. okay. like they had a nice sort of i liked that it went well what if Sherlock was I, female. What if Watson was female? Yeah, I what would be the corresponding have a lot to say about that too? Yeah, things that happen. I don't know if I'd reread this one again, but I will read the other ones in the series. Mm, yeah, we know that it doesn't take a lot for me to go and read the other series. things in the series. But I was interested enough to go. I'd like to know more about yeah. those characters. Yeah. And there was the sort of twists were engaging, but it was a, it was a lot darker than I expected. Mm. It was a nice frivolous holiday read. Yeah, with a kind of, oh, at the end. Yeah. <laughs> My thoughts are... No, I actually have no idea what you would feel about this book. I know. I that's, I was deliberately quiet during your... I think you predicted exactly how I would feel because I'm pretty transparent. I knew how you predictable. would feel about it, yeah. yeah. Would you recommend? You didn't kind of finish with that before we move on. Don't be afraid. You do what you feel in your heart. I feel like you're... I think so. I enjoyed it. It didn't take me very long to read, mm. and I kept, after I got through the first oh, three chapters, 
Oh, it was a bit more than that. It was maybe the first third. I just sat down and finished it in one sitting. Yeah. And I quite I find it quite readable. So yeah, I would I would recommend it. Huzzah. My you. turn. Are you yeah. ready? I was not looking forward to reading this book because I don't find gender swappy stories. Yeah, like Romeo and Juliet with oh. the genders switched. Ghostbusters, but all the genders are switched. I find them really tedious. Just write a write a story about women. Write a woman's story about a woman's experience if that's what you want to do. But I like the what ifs. I find them annoying. Okay. Go. I think it's I think it's I think it's lazy writing for the most part, right? Okay. And lazy idea generation. So that's so, preconception. Preconception when I went in. I will say that Sherry Thomas did absolutely not approach it like that. Mm. I think she genuinely took a character and an idea and said, what if that character were born female? What would that look like? And what is what has eventuated is a female story. The yeah. way in which this story was so different because that was the other barrier I had to picking this novel up, and I'll admit you to putting like it Sherlock off. Holmes. I don't like Sherlock Holmes books. I don't mm. particularly enjoy, like, I generally enjoy maybe, like, the first season of the Benedict Cumberbatch I like Holmes version. I the Baskervilles, but I find Holmes annoying. I liked the first one of the other reimagining of Sherlock Holmes. Have you ever read the books? Yeah, I have. Okay. And I didn't enjoy them. Mm. I Like, again, I like them for maybe a couple of chapters, but I find him really tiresome. Like, I get over Holmes real quickly. He's rude <laughs> and selfish. And Correct. everyone just goes, but he's a savant. And I'm like, that's cool, but I probably wouldn't want to be his friend. And I struggle to read protagonist, protagonist books where I'm like, even when it's first person from his adoring assistant. Yes, even then I'm just like, oh, Watson. Anyway. Is it, this is not in first person. This is third person. No, it's third person. Yeah. And there were a couple of things that I adored about this book, and I did really like it. For all of that, oh. as a twist turnabout, absolutely really enjoyed it. Had to stop myself from immediately reading the others because there were other things on our podcast list that I knew we had to yes. read. And I was like, if I just read five Sherry Thomases in a row, you're going to be like, that's still only one episode, try and pull your weight. So I was like, okay. So I stopped myself from, but I had to actively stop myself from going and reading the rest of the series. I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed Charlotte. I really liked her as a character. She grew and she had... She did. She does grow. There is a forced... And I and it is genuinely gender. It's about the fact that she is female and not Sherlock's male, that bad behavior and rudeness doesn't get to just be explained away when you're a woman. You are held accountable for it, whereas we, of course, would never hold a man accountable for that. Ooh, so the part of, like, even that part of gender that just really is – I wouldn't say I'm a massive feminist, but that's the part that really Gets makes me goat. angry. It does that what we Fires hold women it does what we hold women accountable for, but we just explain away in men and have to compensate for and are expected to just accept in men. So I loved that. I loved seeing who Sherlock would be if he was a woman. And do you know what? A more likable person is who Sherlock would be. More fallible if Sherlock... and aware of her fallibility. Yep. And more aware that other people exist in the world in which <laughs> she exists and that she has 
she has responsibility to other people around her. So, like, her relationship, there were a couple of things that did it for me. Her relationship with Livia, her yep. sister, and how... That was a very genuine It was so genuine. And it was genuine from a point of view that, like, obviously, Sherlock, in a modern context, and I will get it totally wrong, but probably has, like, is on a spectrum of some kind in that mm. has a really heightened understanding of logic and is savanti in those ways, but human... Relationships and emotion and social components are very foreign and very hard to navigate. The things that she learned because she loved Livia and just knew what she needed and how to take care of her were these beautiful, really human, gorgeous moments for Charlotte. Watching her navigate, how do I be a smart, independent woman who is intelligent and other people take me seriously while also being a woman? was fun that was it was a real genuine issue that she had to overcome and i thought, I wouldn't call it fun i would call it engaging but it wasn't done in a way that was like she had to marry like what i liked about it was that she achieved these things without having to compromise the things that were uncompromisable for her mm. so if the same story was told but we had to watch charlotte in a marriage that would be i don't know that i could do it it would be too a it would be very real like it would be totally realism and i it wouldn't be escapist yeah exactly but it would also be too tragic like the reality of that situation would just be too heartbreaking to engage with so the fact that she got to do it without having to make those compromises was really lovely. But the other part that I think for me, while it's not a romance novel, that I wouldn't think about it as a romance novel, this first one particularly, I what I what I really bought into, what, then the big difference for me between this and Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes novels was love. There was so much love in this novel everywhere you looked. So Mrs. between Mrs. between her... Livia and Charlotte, there was love. Between Mrs. Watson and her man, her husband who had died, there was so much love that endured. Between Treadles, who is your inspector, the main inspector, and his wife, there was this beautiful love. And how it, there was essentially this book for me as a takeaway at the end was about the power of love to make us better, oh, to make us grow. She's so profound. I'm glad that you're the person giving the final because mine was like, I liked it for these bits. Yeah. I wasn't. It wasn't a deep, deep think read. Quick, <laughs> enjoyed it. We'll read the next. You're like, love. It was about the power, the power of, love. of love. I know. Such, oh. oh, God. I'm, but that's what I liked about it. And that's mm. why I enjoyed because I was so critical and – interested in why I enjoyed this novel when I didn't enjoy the Sherlock Holmes novels. And I was like, I'm not the kind of person to be like, I enjoy books that are about women, but I don't like ones that are about men. Like, I I know I'm not, I'm not that no, person. No, but you like books that are about people who grow and have genuine And that are about genuine, genuine connection. And this was beautiful. This was, in, in that, con, in that kind of way, it was, and it was from every angle. So I can't assume that it was just because, oh, if you make Sherlock a woman, it has to be kind of a bit more lovey and a bit more soft and blah, blah, blah. Like that wasn't even it either because you watch those connections happen in lots of different ways in different relationships demonstrated throughout the book. And, and I really liked is it. still at the end of the book, she is still learning. She's Absolutely. still on a journey of growth, particularly in mm-hmm. sort of social skills mm-hmm. and her own relationships and things like that. Yeah. And I just, I loved it. I thought it was really, really fabulous. <sighs> uh, will you reread? 
Uh, yeah, I think I will reread that one. I will certainly read. I, and the only caveat I would put on that is that I want to read the whole series. And once I've read the whole series, if there is, if there's like book three is my favorite, then that'll be the one I reread. Yeah. But I could also like very... what I do with uh, Colin Bridgerton. Exactly, <laughs> and it doesn't mean that like the Duke and I isn't awesome. It just means that there's Mr. Bridgerton. We have favorites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I loved it. I really thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Book. So treasure, I, I definitely treasure it. I yep. think I could grow to treasure the series. I've got the yeah. second and third ones out, and like I said, I think there's five published at the moment. Sure. Um. And I was just so shocked. I didn't feel like it was a story that needed to be told. I was like, go find your own story, Sherry Thomas. And then, yeah, when I read it, I was like, no, no, proven wrong. <laughs> you do you. Was like, you do watched, you, Sherry. You watched, know what you're doing. <laughs> she watched the BBC Sherlock and was like, oh, he'd just be so much better if he was a woman. He'd do this so much better. No, she watched, <laughs> no. Sherry Thomas watched the BBC Sherlock and was like, he only gets away with all of this crap. Because he's male. He's only allowed to be endearingly obnoxious and rude and horrible and selfish to an extreme extent because he's male. Sherry, tweet us if that was what was in your mind. I would love to know. know. I would love to know what you were thinking. What what made you go, I need to write a fee I need to write Sherlock as a woman. So while we had very different feelings on The Luckiest Lady in London, which might just be because it was the one that I was like, oh yeah. That one's available at the library. Absolutely. Rather than it being a specific, this is a good Sherry Thomas romance. We're really pleased with this Sherry Thomas I would, writing. And I enjoyed like the the tiny elements and of concept. romanciness that were in this. You know I really enjoyed. But I actually really enjoyed that as well. Like I the well, way I liked it was the complicated. Moriarty twist. I liked the Moriarty twist as well, which is not a huge spoiler. And you know Moriarty has to come up if somewhere. If you know anything about Holmes. Yeah, you know he has to pop yeah. up somewhere. I liked that as well. But I would be interested to know in what order Luckiest Lady in London versus... That was much earlier. Yeah, Luckiest right. Lady was like early 2000s. I feel like this it's is the, the past yeah. 12, 5 years. And I feel like it's the same as you have to cut Julia Quinn some slack over Minx. 1996. <laughs> Yeah, of ninety four. It what was, was it was thinking? that nineties period. We yes. just had different. We just the it was times a have different zeitgeist. Times have changed. The zeitgeist has changed. So wrap it up. Sorry, wrapping it up. Treasure, treasure yeah. is the wrap up. Other recommend. than that, we recommend it. Get out there and read it. And thank you so much once again for spending some of your time with us. You know we Yay. massively, massively appreciate we do. it. And we love making the podcast, so thank you for listening to it and supporting us in doing that. Keep too. the recommendations coming. Oh my goodness, we do yes, read them because I would never have read this. That is such a good point. Well, this Amy. was this was mentioned. Sherry Thomas was brought to our attention by Lorelai on Twitter. Yep. Thank you, Lorelai. We do the things that you recommend. We go and we get out on hold at the library. Yep. And sometimes it might take us a while to get to them, but we absolutely re- you recommend it and we will read it. And this one particularly, actually, a bunch of the ones we've got coming up are all recommendations as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah, most uh, of them are. I would never have read this. Someone would have said, "Oh, it's like Sherlock Holmes, but Sherlock says a lady," and I would have been like, "I'm Ill. out." So thank you, and keep them coming. And join us next week when we will bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and perhaps glowing and unexpected recommendations. But until then, as ever, happy happy reading. reading! 
And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.